Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Lift your Bibles. Let's make our confession of faith together. For God's glory, this is my best year yet. To the word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest, and that settles it. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, speak to us now. We tell you, sir, we are open and we are ready. Move, God. Have your way on this 21st day of our 21 days of fasting and prayer. Show up, God. Step in the room and step heavy on campus and online. I bind up doubt. I bind up fear. I bind up any spirit that would oppose the free flow of the word of God. I bind up grief. I bind up discouragement. I bind up a feeling of a telephobia. That's not being good enough. And I declare that where the spirit of the Lord is on campus and online, there is freedom. I need the free people to put a free worship in the atmosphere right there. Go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at somebody next to you say, I'm sure enough free. I'm sure enough free. Mm -mm, I don't like, don't talk to them no more for the rest of church. I don't like the way they responded to you. Look at somebody else and say, I said, I'm sure enough free. Let's try this third person. Look at him and say, I said I'm really free. I'm so free. You can't use my past against me. I'm so free. I'll bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm so free. I can jump. I can clap my hands. I can shout. I can give him glory. Elbow somebody next to you say, that's how free I am. You're so free, you're about to have your best year ever. That, you're so free, depression is never going to keep you in the bed again. You're so free, discouragement is not going to take you down again. You're so free, you're never going to have a bad relationship again. You're, let's go. Let's go. 
have a seat. Our series is called Stop. Somebody say stop. To do what? To learn what you must stop so that God can start. There's some things God cannot start until you first stop. And Wednesday's message was called Stop the Insanity. And we learned that you have to tell yourself sometimes that this situation is not the time for that emotion. Say it with me. Say this situation is not the time for that emotion. Now, that's important because sometimes, here's what we'll do. We'll say, well, I feel this way and there's nothing I can do about it. Pay attention. It's nothing wrong to feel it, but sometimes what you're feeling is not what's necessary for you to move forward. I'll say it again. Sometimes what you're feeling is not necessary for you to move forward. So if you constantly and consistently pick the wrong emotion at the wrong time, you will live in insanity. And here's how insanity works. It's a circle. And you think you're making progress. You think you're going forward only to say, wait a minute, haven't I been here before? And for some of you, I say it often, but for some of you, you're going to finally get it today. You will not have any more cycles and you will not have any more circles in your life. Your cycles and circles have come to their conclusion. If you think that you're finally about to break the cycle and break the circle, I just need you to pop up out of your seat one time on campus or online. And here's what I need you to do. Turn around because watch me. That's the last time you're going to go in a circle. That's the last time you're going to go in a circle. I said that's the last time you're going to go in a circle. I command your cycles and circle to come to their end. Not tomorrow, but it's the end of 21 days of fasting and prayer. It's about to end today. You ready? Grab a seat. Let's go. Insanity has a few definitions that I taught you on Wednesday. The first definition is a severely disordered mind, which means you do the right things in the wrong order. It's like making a cake Watch me, where, where you, now listen, I can't cook, but I know enough to know, enough about the order of making a cake. First, you take it out the box. Listen, I ain't trying to do this from scratch. Now, now pay attention. When you operate with insanity, you will take the box, put the box in the oven and say, why don't I have cake? Because you're doing something that's right. You say, I put the cake in the oven, but you were supposed to mix some other ingredients with the cake first. So when you lock in insanity, you will literally say, I'm doing the right things, but you're doing them, watch me, from the wrong heart. You're doing them, watch me, with the wrong attitude. You're doing them the wrong way. So consequently, you have a severely disordered mind. The second definition of insanity, it's an unsoundness of mind. What does that mean? Is that your mind cannot be trusted. This is why the Bible says in Jeremiah, the heart is deceitfully wicked. Uh, the mind and heart in scripture are one and the same. So whenever you see heart, nine times out of ten, it's the same word as mind. So pay attention. An unsoundness of your, unsoundness of your mind or unsoundness of your heart. Here's what that means it cannot be trusted and here's why this is important because we live in a culture that says trust yourself oh here they go trust your gut go with your first feeling go with your first mind but what if your first mind isn't sound what if your gut is full of gut stuff y'all not gonna say nothing to me you know what's in your gut what if you're full of the stuff that belongs in your gut Look at me, it's an unsoundness of mind, which means it cannot be trusted. It's a lack of ability to understand, which means when you're walking in insanity because you picked the wrong emotion at the wrong time, you don't really understand what's going on. So you will say, this is God's way of telling me stop, and God's like, you don't even get it. This is my way of saying fight harder. 
then sometimes, watch me, it'll be God's way of saying stop, and you don't understand, so you'll start fighting harder. Can I give you an example? In the Bible, Jonah, Jonah uh, was on the boat. He was running from God. He was disobedient. He was doing everything God did not want him to do. He gets on a boat. A storm comes, and the Bible says that they knew that it was Jonah. Why? Jonah told them, guys, the reason you're in this storm is because of me. And if you want to get out of this storm, throw me overboard. Did you know what they did? They picked the wrong emotion at the wrong time. Watch me. They got sympathetic and merciful. So they said, we can't throw Jonah overboard because what is he going to do? So what did they do? They started rowing harder to keep Jonah on the ship. I and mean, what they really should have done is toss that ninja over. I There's a few of you all where you're rowing hard to keep people that don't even want to be kept. You're considering the emotions of people who would not think twice about you. Y'all not saying nothing. And sometimes you got to be careful because you don't really understand what's going on because you picked the wrong emotion at the right time, which is this is why this has to be our prayer. Say, Father, give me the grace to pick the right emotion at the right time so I can move forward. See, it's an unsoundness of mind. So you lack the ability to prevent you from having the capacity, which means you can't handle that with that emotion. This is why sometimes you feel like I'm so overwhelmed. You're not overwhelmed. You picked the wrong emotion. You'll say, I can't do this anymore. That, that's not the issue. You've picked the wrong emotion at the wrong time. So your capacity is lacking. And for some of you all today, I came to get your capacity back. Watch me. Because you can handle a whole lot. And you've been letting your situations tell you, I can't handle this. I can't do this. This is too much. This is too stressful. But have you noticed that you're being more productive? Have you noticed that you have more now than you did this time last year? Have you noticed you got more peace? Have you noticed you got more joy? Have you noticed you're not even paying attention because you keep picking the wrong emotion at the wrong time? He says you lack the capacity. You, uh, uh, to enter into a relationship, a status, or a transaction. Pay attention. He says, if you pick the wrong emotions at the wrong time, you have no business getting in certain relationships. You have no business exiting certain relationships. Because you'll exit premature, and then you'll start when you shouldn't have started. Because you picked the wrong emotion at the... Talk to me like I'm teaching you better than that. You picked the wrong emotion at the... Then he says, you have no business changing your status. He says, watch me, you have no business moving because your move is being emotionally motivated. It's not a principle. It's not a call. You're just tired of the same people. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. It's not a principle. It's not a call. You're just tired of slow driving folks on Colorado highways. Y'all ain't going to. Jesus. Well, watch me, watch me. He says, if you're making a decision from the wrong emotion, you have no business to do. This is why I need some of y'all, watch me, type the email and sit on it. Because you need to purge the emotion, but I need you not to act on the emotion because the emotion is wrong. Some of you all, watch me, I have watched people do crazy things and I said, why would you do that? Because if you only knew that that decision is about to take you to hell, that decision is about to take you through a mess you didn't have to go to, but you didn't have any capacity to understand that you shouldn't have been changing your status in that moment. So now you want to quit the job. Now you want to do this. Now you want to do that because you're picking the wrong emotion at the wrong time. You're sitting here going to your job trying to get what you want from your daddy. You missed what I said. See, my boss doesn't recognize me. You have an attention problem. You have an affirmation problem. And so now because you don't get that from your boss, now you manage your boss like your boss is supposed to do what your daddy was supposed to do. 
And so now you want to quit because you picked the wrong emotion at the wrong time. It is not the responsibility of your supervisor to make up for what your father never gave you. Instead, watch me, you need to pick the right emotion and say, I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to make... Some of y'all just got free from, uh, from the burden of pressure of your job right there. Those people are not there to be your hangout buddies. Those are your co-workers. We come together to work and make this money and make it happen. Why? Because you don't make your living from your job. You make your living from your giving. Then a transaction. He says, you have no business entering certain transactions when you're in insanity. Buying the house, selling the house. Buying the car, selling the car. He says, is this emotion or is this principle? Is this God or is this I just want a feeling of relief? <laughs> you're throwing away a bunch of clothes that you could fit. But you're doing it. Watch me because I just need to I just need a fresh start. OK, that, that's great. And maybe that's true. But is the reason you're entering the transaction, is it because you picked the wrong emotion at the wrong time? Are you tearing up your house because you're mad at somebody else that, who don't live in your house? You, you putting holes in your wall. I wouldn't put a hole in my wall and I'm mad at somebody. That's my, my wall from the state. Good today. Third definition of insanity is foolish or unreasonable. And on Wednesday, I taught you the biblical terms for the word fool. Number one, a let's fool. They ignore the way of God, which means they know to do right. They just ignore it. All right. Pay attention. Be careful that you're not a let's fool because a let's fool is going to let in everything that they do not want. Number two, enable. That is an atheist. What is an atheist? An atheist is a person who says, I do not believe that there is a God. I was exercising yesterday. And this guy, he had a bunch of little, uh, little uh, what do you call it? wagons behind him. And he said, this is the atheist train. I said, only in Colorado would somebody walk around downtown with that and be proud. Because the spirit of this region is antagonistic to kingdom Christianity. It's not antagonistic to Americanized political Christianity. It's antagonistic to kingdom Christianity, which is based on the scripture. An atheist, one that does not believe that there is God. That's a fool. The Bible says that's a navel. That's a fool. So, okay, so uh, I believe in the Big Bang. Well, who shot it? I believe in evolution. Okay, so where's another monkey that's in the process of being turned into a human? Shouldn't, should, well, it takes millions of years. There's not one of them that's in process? Like, at least let his hand be to the side or something. I'm, there's not one? I'm saying there's got to be at least one that's in process. Well, I, I just don't know that we can trust the Bible uh, because, you know, because, uh, you know, all throughout the years. OK, but you trust the user manual on your automobile. Men wrote that. I'm not saying that to me. The Bible. And watch me. I don't. Can I really help you with that? Watch me. Watch me. OK, let's just say you have an issue with the scripture, which that's not even a valid issue. That just says that you have watched a History Channel documentary that you had no business watching. Uh, because because the, the purpose, watch me, to, for many people is because your faith is so weak and because your knowledge of the word is so weak, it doesn't take much to sway you. But I think there's a few of y'all that can say, listen, I may not know all of that, Bishop, but I know one thing. Even without a Bible, I'm a testimony. Even without scripture, I know that I know that I know I'm a member. Is there anybody on campus or online that can say, even if I never had a scripture to read, read me, read me. Look at somebody next to you and say, I am a testimony. You are proof that God is real. You are, I don't need to read about Moses. Look at Mary. Look at, I'm not saying nothing. Look at the person next to you. I don't have to read about Gideon. I can read my own life and see that if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, 
I would not. Somebody say, I am a scripture. You ready? Agnostics say, agnostics say, we don't know. We don't know if there is a God. We don't know if there isn't. See, let me tell you what that is. That's nasty food. No, let me tell you. Let me tell you. It ain't good. It ain't bad. It's edible. Last Sunday after church, went to this particular vegan restaurant, and uh, they had, they had, that was fast compliant, and so they had this cheese that, you know, it's fast compliant cheese. And so I was like, ooh, that sounds good. Give me that. They brought that stuff. And then what got me, they got all these surcharges, 20% on top of this, and then another 30%. I said, y'all, y'all charge more than the Lord, God, dog. And then, look, for three people, it was $100 for some vegan food. I said, shoot, y'all better get some fruit and vegetables and peanut butter and bananas. Watch me. It was, listen, I didn't say the name of it. Watch me. It, I didn't. It was maybe just that. I don't know. But I was like, this, I, listen, if I leave food on the table, that means I am not into it. I was like, mm, what are we about to go eat? I'm and thank God I had a ram in the bush. I had some, some, uh, some, uh, some fast compliant fajitas, you understand? Anyway, and I said, the Lord knew exactly what to provide for me. So you got to have a belt and suspenders on. I'm telling the spirit let me know this food ain't finna hit on nothing, son. I'm going to need you to have something ready to go. Pay attention. Pay attention. Nasty food is like this. I'll eat it if, if watch me, I'll eat it if there's nothing else to eat. But I don't want it. Pay attention. Would you want an agnostic husband or wife? Look, if I can't find nobody else today, I'm into you. But let me see something come through on my Discover page. And I'm getting ready to go discover. An agnostic, it's like, nasty. It's, it's like food that's not good. It's not great. It, it, it's not bad. It's just, I don't really want it. Pay attention. It's just like a, a lover. It's just like a, a relationship that, well, I, I don't really want it. I'm not really against it. Nobody else would tolerate that. So when you say that to God, well, I don't know if he is or I don't know if he isn't, what you're saying is, watch me, I, I don't really want to believe that you are because that gives me a level of accountability I don't want to have. So instead, what I'd rather do is date you for years and never commit to you. And then look at this fast one, last one, a Christian atheist. A Christian atheist is one who lives, watch me, they say, I'm a Christian. But they do nothing in their lives to bring alignment to their lives as if they're a Christian. And let's be honest, all of us have had Christian atheist moments where we have said, I confess Jesus and then I love the Lord. And then when people look at your life, they're like... Here's what I'm excited about. That was then. This is now. Come on, y'all. You know where I'm going. And you may not be where you want to be, but you can thank God you're not where you. I need everybody that's made some progress in your Christian walk to just release a praise for three seconds right there. Go three, two, one. I'm growing. I'm growing and my Tuesday me is better than my Monday me and my Wednesday me is better than my Tuesday me and my Thursday is better than my Wednesday my Friday better than my Thursday my Saturday better than my Friday my Sunday better than my Saturday my 22 better than my 21 and it's getting ready to happen
Look at somebody say, this is going to be the best year of your life ever. Let's go. Here's the last, here's the last type of fool. A kessel, or the last two types of fool, a kessel. A kessel is a fool. The Bible says like a dog. Bow, wow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee, yay. Bow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee, yay. Like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool, is a kessel who repeats his folly. Look at me, look at me. Making the same mistake over and over again isn't a mistake. It's a choice to be a fool. <laughs> um, some of y'all, watch me, uh, I Cantina had a song. The song was called, You a Fool in Love. And, and the song says, you just a fool, you know you in love. She like, what you say? <laughs> and I just standing back there, yep, she sure is a fool. She sure is a fool. Sing the song again, man. <laughs> she sure is a fool. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. For the last day of your life, this ain't for everybody. This is just for those of you that respond like I'm talking to you. Will you be viewed as a fool? Why? I'm not going back to the same vomit. I'm not going back to the same mess. I'm not going back to the me I used to be. I'm not going back to those bad thoughts. I'm not going back to those crazy beliefs. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. And look at this last type of fool. It's a petty fool. P-E-T-I, that's Hebrew. All these are Hebrew words, Old Testament words. Listen to me, Proverbs 132. For the simple are killed by their turning away. What does this mean? Their inconsistency. Their inconsistency. Their inconsistency. You're going to have to stop being inconsistent to the right things. You got to stop starting and doing good for a month and then stopping. You have to stop starting. Some of you start with the Lord. And then one little thing happens and you grow inconsistent. And here's the danger of growing inconsistent is that you'll get so used to um, uh, just getting by that that will become your norm. You'll get so used to just skating by that that will become your norm. I need you to make this declaration of yourself. Say, I will be consistent to the right things. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Say, that, say that with authority. Almost like you took yourself in the bathroom took your glasses off and looked at yourself in the mirror and said, we're not doing this in 2022. This is about to be the best year of our lives yet. Can I get you to say this with authority? Say, I will be consistent to the right things. So here's what consistency looks like. Consistently, consistency does not mean perfection. Consistent means that even if I veer, I get right back on track. Consistency means even if I miss a week, oh, I ain't doing that again. Let me catch back up and get back in gear. A good example of this, um, so I use our Harvest app to read through the Bible. I've read through the Bible several times, um, and, and uh, I want to encourage many of you to, to use our app, read through the Bible. The version I use for the daily Bible reading plan is the Robert Roberts plan. That's how you remember this, Robert Roberts. You got to ask yourself, now, what was his mama now? I guess they wanted to be simple, so he'd always get his name right. Robert Roberts. It's Robert Roberts' plan. And for Robert Roberts' plan, you read to the entire Bible in one year. There's tons of other plans in there you can use. That's just the one that I use. And, and sometimes when I'm working out or what have you, depending on whatever I'm um, receiving and jesting at that moment, um, I, I may have a day where I didn't get to my Bible reading for the day. 
which, which means, here's consistent. Consistent means, then the next day, I will jump right back on and make up for what I missed. See, here's what consistency is not. Well, I'm just going to skip that since I missed it and start fresh. That's not consistency. Consistency says, if I missed it, let me catch up on it. If I missed it, let me get back in gear. If I missed it, let me get back where I need to be. But watch the last part of the verse. It says, for the simple are killed. Pay attention by their inconsistency, which means the devil didn't take you out. Your inconsistency did. Depression can't take you out. You covered by the blood. Your inconsistency to pick a different emotion is what took you out. I need you to elbow somebody next to you and say, you're covered by the blood. In case you're wondering whose blood, the blood of the lamb. Praise break. 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was named Jesus. That body came, lived a perfect, sinless life, and that body died on a cross so that you and I could have life today. He paid for it so we don't have to pay for it. And when he shed his blood, his blood covers you today. I just need you to do this and I'm covered by the blood of the lamb. The blood is an instrument of redemption. So since the blood is an instrument of redemption, here's what that means. That means he bought you. Which, look at me. Which means, everybody look at me. Stop saying, this is my life. No, it's not. You've been purchased. Look at somebody next to you and just say, this is not your life. Say, you were purchased. Say, it's what he wants to do through you. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. And I just need you to look at somebody else and online I need you to type and say and can I let you in on something come on tell them say can I let you in on something what he wants to do through you is big come on 915 how do I know it's big because all of the hell you've had to go through has always been big I know your call is big because your warfare is big and the bigger your obstacle, the bigger your calling. The bigger your assignment, the bigger your affliction. Somebody holler big. Here we go. Look at this. Look at the last part of the verse. Last part of the verse. And the complacency. Here we go. The complacency of a fool destroys them. Say complacency. Say it, say it with authority. Say complacency. You ready? Here's what complacency is. Unaware of a danger or a defect. Um, none of us should be arrogant. But if you're going to be arrogant, don't be basic. None of us should be arrogant. Nobody should be arrogant. What gets me is saying arrogant people, and I'm like, but you average. You don't excel at anything that you do. You don't excel at anything you do, but you want to be arrogant. Look at your neighbor and say, none of us should be arrogant. But if you are going to sin, at least be good. You shouldn't do it, but I'm just saying, if you are going to be prideful, doggone it, you better be untouchable. Watch me. Look at complacency. Look at this last part. Uninformed self-satisfaction. Okay. Mm. You ready? Uninformed. That means you're satisfied with yourself. As if that's the best version of you that's possible. It means you've learned to accept what you need to change as simply being part of the recipe. Not realizing that when it was revealed to you, it was revealed to you so it could be healed in you. 
so that the next day version of you is better than the previous day version of you. It's uninformed self-satisfaction. And here's the interesting thing about complacency is complacency is different. Say it's different. It is different than being grateful. See, when you are grateful, you're saying, God, I appreciate everything you've done. You can be grateful for your own progress. Just wave at me if you can admit you've made some progress in life. Like, you're not the same you today you were a week ago. Let's tell the truth. You're not the same day on 21 days of fasting and prayer as you were when you started this fast. There was some stuff you said, I'm doing this, 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 and this fast shut all of that down and said, let's change it. There were certain things you weren't planning on doing that this fast changed all of that. But satisfaction is different than contentment. Contentment means I'm grateful. I'm appreciative. Satisfaction says, and this is the best it gets. In school, when they wanted to not give A's and B's and C's and D's, they'd have an S. Satisfactory. Not good. You missed it. Not amazing. It was satisfactory. I'll eat it. I'll deal with it. I'll tolerate it. And some of you, watch me, there have been areas of your life where you have grown complacent. You do the least and you expect the most. There's been areas of your life, y'all gonna be honest with me or you gonna lie? There's areas of your life, you just began to accept what you needed to amend. And when you are complacent, watch me, what does the Bible say? Then look at the verse, Proverbs 132, it will destroy you. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Let me back to Tanya. It's not the devil. It's not your mama and them. It's not your daddy and them. It's not your generational. Mm -mm. He says, when you have an uninformed self-satisfaction, how do you know you're self-satisfied? Because you blame everybody else for your life. You blame everybody else for your issues. You blame everybody else for why you're not doing what it is that you're supposed to do. You blame everybody. Well, if so-and-so would have done this, I would have done this. You wouldn't tell me you gave one person that much power? You gave one person the power to stop you? Mm -mm. For some of y'all, watch me. You about to get your keys back. Why? Because you have given them over to other people. Look at me. He says, it's your complacency that will destroy you. And there is, you got to hear me. There is a story I want to tell you. But today's message, here it is, is this. Stop saying it's not easy. Bishop, there's just so much that needs to change. It's hard. Mm -mm. The only reason change seems difficult is because you haven't decided. I don't know why I'm taking these glasses on and off like they're helping me see. They are nothing more than clear lenses. Listen. <laughs> you ready? How many of you got things in your life right now let me ask the question first because somebody like, I have things, Bishop. Yes, I have things. Let me finish the question. What I love about Harvest is that we were ready to respond. On campus and online, you're like, yes, Bishop, I have things. That's true. Watch me. How many have things in your life where when you look at it, you say, this is difficult? Okay. This is hard. Online, TikTok, y'all do the hand wave emoji. You say it's me. Can I tell you? Look at me. You can put your hands down. Can I tell you? It's not difficult. It only seems difficult because you haven't decided because complacency is fighting your desire to make the right change. 
and you're not a settler. Mm -mm. You're the type that says, whatever I got to do to get to what God has ordained, that's what I'm going to do. I wasn't born just to pay bills and have babies and die, but I was sent to rule and to reign and to conquer and to subdue. Open your mouth and say, it's not difficult. I just have to decide. There's a woman I want to introduce you to. You met her before, but I'm going to introduce you to her from another angle today. The perspective to which you were introduced to someone determines your belief about that someone. See, some people met you when you were in your transitions. And so watch me, that's who they think you still are. What they don't realize is you may have met me in transition, but baby, I'm not the same me that I was when you met me. Oh my God, I need you to celebrate the fact maybe they met you when you were wilding out and acting crazy, but that's not who I am some of your exes try to call you and pull you back on some old stuff and you got to say, I was that way last year. I was that way 10 years ago, but I am a different man today. I'm a different woman today. Almost somebody say, you're growing. So depending on when you met this woman, depending on when you met this woman, it determines your perspective of this woman. Because the Bible says that this is a woman that, watch me, let's go to Mark. Mark chapter 5, verse 24. So Jesus went with him. Who's the him? It's this man named Jairus. Come on, say Jairus. All right? It's not Jairus, folks. The eye is not at the end. It's at the beginning. All right? You ready? All right? Just want you to be, you know, correct when you're being spiritual. When you're on your job tomorrow, talking about what you learned in church today. I don't need you talking about, and Bishop was preaching about Jairus. No, I, I didn't preach about Jairus. You preached about Jairus. So Jesus went with him, Jairus. Now, Jairus was this leader. He was the spiritual leader of the Hebrews. Pay attention. And a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Look at verse 25. Now, a certain woman, stop. The reason the Bible says certain woman is means you can put your name there. So this story isn't limited to them. You can put yourself in that place, whether you're a man or a woman. Now, a certain, say your name. Okay, so now we know we're talking about you. Um, the Bible says she had a flow of blood for 12 years. Let me introduce you to old girl. See, if you met her 12 years prior, you would have seen that she was involved in sexual relationships that the scripture says would produce a never-ending hemorrhage of blood that would not stop. So her issue was actually an issue that was caused by her contentment. By her complacency, excuse me, her complacency, not her contentment. It was caused, watch me, because she began to look to men and relationships to get some sense of satisfaction. And can I help you? If you are not whole in you, another person is never going to be able to complete you. This is why for some of my single people, you need to stop trying to chase your relationship and make sure that you are whole by yourself. Because if you don't like you, getting married ain't going to make nobody else like you. The only thing you're going to do is tick them off because you like with your insecure self. If you don't get some... Now, a certain woman had a flow. So if you met her 12 years ago, you maybe have knew her as Dirty Diana. She was the devil in a blue dress. <laughs> you maybe saw one of her characters in Players Club. This 915 has been having an 1115 vibe the last couple weeks. You ready? If you met her 12 years ago, you wouldn't recognize the woman she'd become because she didn't recognize the woman she'd become. 
Now, remember, there's this crowd. Jesus is going, where is he going? To Jairus' house. Because Jairus has a 12-year-old daughter who is dead. I need you to listen to me. You're about to see something. Because some of you, watch me, watch me. You're about to do something you've never, ever done before. Let me introduce you. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood. Now, here's the deal. Don't let the fact that it's crowded make you complacent. Remember, it's the complacency of fools that destroys them. Remember, the Bible says, go to the previous verse, that as Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house, there's a great multitude. Look at me. For some of you, go to the next verse. Some of you, here's your issue. It's too many people. There's no room in the market for me. There's too many people applying for jobs. It's too many people do this. It's too many people do that. I need you not to let the crowd make you think he doesn't see you. Mm -mm. I came to let everybody know, yes, there's a crowd, but can I tell you, he sees you and you and you and you and you and you and you. Somebody says he sees me. Because sometimes you will become complacent and your complacency is because you think he doesn't see you. Look at the scripture. Say, she's in the crowd. Say it with authority, please. She's in the crowd. So let me just teach you 915. When you talk weak to me, your pastor is a whole lion. So when you talk weak to me, it's like blood in the water. It makes me, right? So just talk straight, all right? All right, all right, let's go. Here we go. All right, all right, let's go. She had a flow of blood. Now, literally, she's literally hemorrhaging blood. And every woman understands this, and I don't have to go deep. You understand your flow. But just imagine your flow never stopping. Look at me. Look at me. Blood, watch me, for all of us is a metaphor. What's, what's that mean? Private issues that create public problems. And here's the thing about blood is that blood spreads. No matter, watch me. Here is how you know you have an issue is that everybody that encounters you, you have left your blood on them. Dealing with you, watch me, is not a pleasant thing to do. It's not an enjoyable thing to do. Why? Because every time they come around you, you bleed on them. And for some of you, all, watch me, your attitude is your flow. Because everybody gets attitude that you should have gave to your cousin 17 years ago. You still with me? Blood spreads. And how long did she have this issue? 12 years. Where is Jesus on his way to? Jairus' house to see his 12-year-old daughter. Pay attention. Which tells us, watch me, there's really an issue in this woman that was never healed in her as a girl. Woo! I need you to open up your mouth and say, God's going back to my past to heal everything. So my future will be amazing. I'll teach it to you. I'll teach it to you. Watch me. For 12 years, that's 378,432,000 seconds. That's 6,307,200 minutes. 105,120 hours. 4,380 days. 144 months. It's summed up in a few verses. A few verses sum up 144 months. And for some of you all, your day could fill up a whole journal. 
Your week could fill up a whole job. You could have a whole lifetime special. We could do a reality show just on your Monday. You ready? Look at verse 26. And had suffered many things. Now, this is interesting. Where did she suffer them from? Many physicians. Which means what she did to heal actually hurt. I'll talk over here. Which means she kept going to what should have been the right place, what should have been the right people. But instead, watch me, what does the Bible say? She spent all she had and was no better, but rather she grew worse. Now pay attention. Think of the emotional cost. Because she's meeting today. Come on, Dr. One. Dr. One says, I got you. Anything you need is going to work out. Here, take these, call me in the morning. She took them and didn't work. She goes to Dr. Two. Dr. Two, come on, Dr. Two. And she goes to Dr. Two, and she's like, okay, this is going to be it. This is my time. Here, that I'll show you. Oh, next 12 going to be my best 12. I receive it. And didn't work from Dr. Two. And she goes to Dr. Three. And she goes to Dr. Three. The Bible says many, so we don't know how many. We just know that she has sat in front of a lot of people, watch me, having to expose her pain to a lot of people. Having to expose her issue to a lot of people. Having to open up her, her garments and show her... See, watch me. See, for some of you, you trusted your private with things and people you never should have trusted it with. So now she goes to Dr. Three. And Dr. Three, Dr. Three says, we're going to do this, and it's going to work. And it's going. And she goes to Dr. Three, it don't work. Come on, Dr. Four, let's go. And she comes to Dr. Four. And when she goes to Dr. Four, Dr. Four says, I got you, I got you, I got you. And Dr. Four does this, and it don't work. Then she goes to Dr. Five. Come on, Dr. Five. I need y'all to act like I'm going to call you up here, all right? And then she goes to Dr. Six. And then she goes to Dr. Six, none of this works. And then she goes to the next doctor. And she goes to the next doctor. The next doctor, she's like, okay, you understand me. Watch me. You should understand me. She sees a woman. She's a woman. So you'd be like, we should understand one another. And, and sometimes what gets you is that you've been hurt by people that have been through the same thing you've been through. And you're trying to figure out, why would you hurt me when we were both in the same situation? I can't believe that you would do me like this. When I fought for you, you should have fought for has it ever blown your mind that the people you have tried to help the most have been the people that have been the first to hurt you? The and you're like, why are we fighting one another? We were in the same mess. We were in the same stuff. Thank you, doctor. Bible says that she suffered many things. She suffered many things. Look at me. That means there's an emotional cost. Look at me. Say emotional cost. Come on, talk to me. Say emotional cost. There's an emotional cost now, but watch me. Anything that leaves your hand, and watch me, it never leaves your life. Mm. Why? When you're a Christian, everything that leaves our hands, it, watch me, it's a seed. Can I help some of you all? I know you felt foolish in 2020, but watch me, you didn't lose anything. You were sowing something. I know you felt foolish in that relationship. You didn't lose anything. You were sowing something. I know you felt dumb last year, but watch me, you didn't lose anything. You were sowing something. Bible says she has spent all that she had. She spent all that she had. She spent all that she had. Now here's the shout. She had it. I don't like y'all's lack of response right there. See, some of y'all, you're looking at the negative, but you're missing the positive. I had it to spend. I ain't worried about high guys' prices. Look at your neighbor and say, you got it. You're missing the fact that you got it in the first place. I maybe had to show it, but I got it. Woo! Open your mouth and say, but I got it. But I got it. Here we go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. 
Let's go. See, some of y'all are complaining about the rising cost of housing, but you got it, though. You're complaining about different things, but you got it. You're complaining about who's not helping you, but you're not paying attention to the fact that you're getting it done without the help. You're complaining about the fact you don't have the team you need, but you're ignoring the fact that you're getting it done without a team. Here we go. Watch me. She has spent all she had. So now we got a financial cost. We have an emotional cost, and we have a financial cost. And both of those things are what? Seed. Come on, let's bring our old faithful. He's mustard seeds. You're missing the fact that it's seed. And the Bible says a mustard seed is the smallest seed. But watch me. But those small seeds, what did they do? They produce the biggest of the herb trees. So every time she felt humiliated, God said, that's the seed. Every time she paid another copay to go see a doctor that couldn't do nothing for her because she went to a certain type of medical provider that only says drink more water as if that's the solution for everything. I ain't going to say their name. I ain't going to say it because we maybe have people that work for them. I ain't going to say it. All right? Oh, we do? Okay, well, I ain't going to say it. Never mind. We love everybody. Okay? You ready? So she's got an emotional seed. She's got a financial seed. And here's the trip. Look at me. For 144 months, she's no better. She's worse. And look what the Bible says. She grew worse. Which means year over year, it's not better. Year over year, it's worse. And now, watch me. And now, she put her money in it. And now, she kept hearing no. She put her emotions in it. And she's got all of this that's been, watch me, sown. And for 12 years, she sows. I don't like your silence. For 12 years, she sows. Watch me. And because she had this flow of blood, the Bible teaches us that she was unclean, which meant everywhere she went, she had to wear her issue. In fact, she couldn't be around clean people. See, for some of you, watch me. You have begun to link up with people based on trauma. So you have trauma bonded to people because they had an issue, you had an issue, and so your issues bring you together. But the moment you get healed from your issues, you discover we really have nothing in common. We, 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 really, we really aren't, we're really not supposed to be friends. Uh-oh, we're really not supposed to date. Uh-oh, we really... You ready? So look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. We gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go. We gotta go. She grew worse. Look at verse... 27. Verse 27 says, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Can I teach this verse? Somebody says she heard. Now, now what do you mean, Bishop, that she heard? Well, Mark 3 and 10. Now, what chapter are we in? Mark 5. Mark 3 and 10 says this. All who had diseases pressed around him to touch him. What chapter were we in? Five. What chapter did this happen? Three. There's somebody in the text that is missing. Verse 27. When she heard, let me see if I can say it another way. When somebody shared it on Facebook, when somebody texts somebody in it, see, you think inviting is all about your comfortability. To heck with your comfortability. There's somebody that needs to hear something, which means you're going to have to share something so they can hear it. 
Somebody shared something, and she heard it. When she heard it, look what she does. She deliberated. Say deliberated. Twelve years. I put money in it. I had it, though. And the fact that she's still going means she still had it. Let me tell you how good God's been to you. When you should have had nothing, he made sure you had when you should have been living on 16th Street Mall downtown, when you should have been living downtown Atlanta on the street, God made sure he covered you and protected you. Listen, look at me. She deliberated. Say she deliberated. She came behind him in the crowd. Now remember, it's a whole bunch of folks. So she has to decide, watch me, I can't be complacent and look at this last part. I can't be arrogant. There are so many people who never accomplish what God wants them to accomplish because your arrogance makes you think you're too good to come up from behind. I'm so-and-so. I ain't doing that. That's why you don't have what you want. Huh? Huh? I'm so and so. I'm not gonna be ignorant. I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna do. And because you won't humble yourself, you can't have what you want. Look at somebody and say, "I refuse to be arrogant." Tell them, "What does this mean? Whatever I got to do to get what it is that God has ordained, baby, I will do it. If I gotta get low, I'll get low. If I gotta put my head down, I'll put my head down. If I gotta take a lesser position to start, I'll." If I don't have a title, I'll do it without a title. If I don't. And she touched his garment. Look at me. She deliberated, and then she came from behind him and touched his garment. Where did she find out that that would work for other people? In Mark chapter 3. So what did she do? She decided this, if it worked for them. Can I tell you? Sometimes God will let you see somebody else with what you want. Not for you to get jealous. Not for you to be a hater, but for you to look and say, if he did it for them, the same God that did it for them, he'll do it for me. The same God that did it for them, he'll do it for, somebody say, same God that did it for another. Say, he's about to do it for me. Come on, y'all, I got to go, but I need to stir up your faith fist bump somebody around you and say the same God that's been blessing me is about to bless you come on fist bump somebody else say the same God that got me out of debt is the same God that's gonna get you out of debt say the same God that made a way for me out of no way is about to make a way for you same God same God same God same God same God, same God, same God, same God. We got to go. We got to go. Because I haven't even gotten to what I wanted to say. I haven't even gotten to what I want to say. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at verse 28. For she said, so she deliberated. She heard he did it for somebody else. When you see somebody else, don't hate on them. Stretch your hands and say the same God. If he gave him 50 million, baby boy, he gonna give me 75. If they bought a building for dirt cheap, every delay is to my benefit. I'm about to get what? 
Look at me. Look at me. She said, which means she decided and she decreed. Who did she say it to? Herself. If only I can touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Now think about this. Listen. After 12 years, 144 months, look at me, 144 months of failure, 144 months of nothing working, 144 months TikTok, millions of seconds. Watch me. She said, I'm not complacent. She said, because I ain't finna have this flow all my life. And some of you, you've gotten used to being a way you shouldn't be used to being. You've gotten used to struggling with what you should not be used to struggling with. You've gotten used to accepting what you should not accept. Pay attention. So she deliberates. She decides. She decrees. Stop saying it's not easy. Say, stop saying it's not easy. Say, I must decide and decree. Let me get to where I'm going. Look at this. Job 22, 28. You will also read it. Uh-uh. Now, now look at now. I told you to talk with authority. You ready? One, two, ready, go. Stop. 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 It don't say nothing about God. It don't say nothing about the Holy Ghost. It don't say nothing about, and you shall be led by the Spirit of the Most High God unto the, the, the deciding and the decreeing. Mm -mm. It says, you're going to decide. You're going to decree. Look at me. And it will be established for you. And the light of God's favor is going to shine on your way. Let me make that simple. Once I decide a thing, God's going to say, now here's how you get there. Woo, I'll preach my own self happy. Once you decide this is going to be your best year, God says, now this is how you get there. Once you decide I'm not going to have a bad marriage, God will say, this is how you get there. Once you decide you're not going to live in debt, God will say, now this is how you get there. Look at me. He hasn't shown you because you haven't decided. You want him to show you and then you'll decide. He's not showing you anything until you decide. And this is the part when I want to introduce you to this woman. This is the part that the other night I was like. <sighs> Verse 29. Oh girl. Baby girl. She touches his clothes. Because she heard it was working for other people. She decides not to be complacent. Because at that point it would have been easy to say. It ain't been working. It ain't going to work. Nothing's been happening. Nothing's going to happen. It would have been easy for her to say, you ready? I guess this is God's will for my life. I'm coming for every last one of y'all. Where you've begun to say, I guess this is his will. Because he's not helping. He's not helping because you haven't decided. When you decide, he's going to come help. Oh my God, I got to go because I'm out of time. But can I get you to elbow or fist bump somebody and say, make the decision today. 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 Look at me. Look at me. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. After how many years? And she felt 
in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Watch me, watch me. She says, I haven't felt like this since 144 months ago. Okay, I have to get a little graphic, but I need you. She begins to check herself. And she says, wait a minute, it's dry. I'm, watch me. This is weird. This is weird because I'm not used to it not being a certain way. This is weird. I'm not used to people helping me. This is weird. I'm not used to being out of debt. This is weird. I'm not used to this. But 2022 is about to be a weird year. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Bible says she felt. Somebody say, I feel this thing. I prophesy that even as you come out of this fast, you are about to feel better. You're about to feel different. You're about to feel the change. You're about to feel it. Open your mouth and say, I'm about to feel this thing. Look at me. 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 This is the part I want to get to. This is what I've been trying to get to all day. You ready? I just had to introduce you to her. Because I want you to look at this screen. Go to the next one. He didn't touch her. Hold on. I need to let them get it. He didn't touch her. He didn't look at her and say, be healed. I don't like your, I promise you people. He did not say, he did not say anything to her. Matter of fact, she wasn't even on his agenda. I came to tell everybody connected to Harvest what's about to happen for you wasn't on God's agenda. He ain't going to touch you. You're about to touch God. He didn't touch you. You're about to touch God. We're about to touch God. We're about to touch. We're about to touch. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at me, look at me, look at me. You keep saying, when is God gonna do something? Look at me, he said, I'm not. Lord, when are you gonna touch me? He said, I'm not. This year God says, you are gonna have to touch me. Can I show you something? Look at the screen, look at the screen, look at the screen. Look at verse 30, look at verse 30. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't make mud and put it on his eyes. And say, go wash. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. He, I, 15. He didn't do anything. Lay your hands to yourself. Say, but you're about to bust a move. Say, but you're about to do something. Look, look at me. 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 Read this next verse with me. And I don't know what's gonna happen after that. I planned on being done preaching 12 minutes ago. You ready? When we read this next verse, I don't know what's about to happen. But I need you to pay attention. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out, turned around and said, which one of them harvesters did that? I don't think you understand what you just read. I don't think you understand what you just read. 
I don't think you understand what you just read. Come here. Come here. All right, this is just an analogy, okay? All right, so you came up from behind him. So just come up from behind him. You just kneel, all right? All right, just touch the bottom of his jean, okay? Are right, you ready? All right, this is just an analogy, okay? Just so you can see it. Pay attention. He's going to whose house? Jairus' house. To heal a who? A 12-year-old girl. She's not on his agenda. She's not on his plan. He doesn't touch her. He doesn't say be healed. He doesn't say anything like that. She touches him. Jesus stops. Somebody say he stops. Somebody say he stops. And then he turns around. And he looks at you. He looks at me. He looks at us. And he says, who touched me? What does that mean? Somebody say, this is weird. Why is it weird? Because he wasn't expecting her. Please put it up. He wasn't expecting her. Oh, my God. Somebody say, this is weird. Because he wasn't expecting her. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. He turns around and he looks. And he says... Who did this? Who did this thing? You, you, you're not, you're not. You. you know why, you know why it isn't easy for you? Because you waiting on him. Look forward. You look forward. You waiting on him. Stand up. You waiting on him to turn around come visit you and say, what's wrong with you? Well, let me tell you about my issues. Let me tell you about this. You, you, you're waiting on him to do all this extra. And so consequently, he says, that's why it seems difficult. Because if you had decided, no matter what you would have had to do, you would have done. Open your mouth, please, and say, it is easy. Once I decide. Because this certain woman said, I'm not leaving unless I get healed. I'm not leaving until I see change. I'm not dying until I fulfill my assignment. I need you to open up your mouth and say, I have decided. Look at verse 33. But the woman, fearing and trembling, the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her. So now he turns around. All right, step back, Jesus. She's fearing and trembling. She's still down there. Because some of you won't decide, because here's the truth. You don't really want change. You want attention. Being a victim gets you more looks and likes. The woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him. Look at this. And told him the whole truth. What is the whole truth? Jesus, 12 years ago, I got involved in something I had no business getting involved in. And as a result, Torah says that this is supposed to be the rest of my life. But I heard other people 
were touching your clothes. So I deliberated. And after I deliberated, I decided and I decreed. Y'all better come on here. I deliberated. And after I deliberated, I decided and I decreed that if I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole also. Look at me, look at me. Look at me. Pay attention. Look at this, look at this, look at this. Look at verse 34. And he said to her, daughter, who is he going to see? Jairus' daughter. How old was she? 12. Why does he call her daughter? Because he says, this issue didn't start 12 years ago. Your attention for men started when you were a little girl. So I'm about to heal you from the source of what went wrong. And I want you to pay attention. He said, your faith. Somebody say, my faith. faith. Uh -uh, Say that with authority, y'all. We got to go. Say, my faith. He says, your faith has made you well. Look at me. 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 Hold on. Listen to me. I need you to get this. Look at me. Look at me. You looking at me? You looking at me? I got to talk aggressive because I'm out of time. He didn't say, I healed you. I'll talk over here. He didn't say, I did this. I'm going to talk over here. Somebody going to get this. He did not say, Michael and Gabriel and the angels did this. You know what he said? He said, your faith. Somebody say, I'm about to do it. Say, I'm about to do it. I need you to release a praise right there. Go. You're about to start the business. You're about to get the grant. You're about to get the contract. You're about to forgive who hurts you. You're about to buy the property. You're about to get the automobile. You're about to change your face. You're about to do it. I need you to open up your mouth and say, I'm about to do it. Put a praise right there. Look at your neighbor. Say, stop waiting on God. Say, he's been waiting on you the whole time. Bishop, I'm waiting on God to open the door. No, you're not. Let me take, move, move, move. Let me tell you what you're going to do. You ain't waiting on God to do nothing. Open it yourself. I'm waiting, Bishop, I'm waiting, I'm waiting on God, I'm waiting on God, I'm waiting on God to give me an opportunity, you, I'm waiting on God, I'm waiting on God to give me an opportunity, I'm waiting on God, I'm waiting, I'm waiting on God, and I keep getting detoured, and, and I keep getting delayed, and I, 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 it seems like I see stop signs everywhere, but, but, but I got to get out of my own way, why? Because there's a flag telling me, go, go. Go, 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 and I gotta go. You are not, you are not waiting 
on God for anything. He has been waiting on you. Look at the last verse. He says, go in shalom. Go in peace. Your faith made you well. Go and be healed of your affliction. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. She did. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, no more waiting on God. Say, he's been waiting on you to do what you were taught to do. So last month in Atlanta, when we had our first interest service, we were having all these issues with different venues and all these negotiations on different facilities and all this stuff was taking so long. You know what I did? I just said, set the date. So I just picked the date. I said, just, we going. I said, now, if we got to go and be all at the airport, we're going to have airport church. Come on, everybody. Come on, ambassadors, just sit them down on the page. Come on. Just tell them, tell them they want to receive the Lord. It's a, listen, it's an illustrated message. I just set the date. Literally. So when I was telling you, we going to February 18th, I didn't know where we were going to go. I just decided. When we started our church years ago, I didn't know what. I said, like, God, come on. I just decided. Some of y'all, you keep saying, I'm just, as soon as they send it, mm -mm, decide. God, you know that I'm out of time. Oh, but there's going to be a move of God. See, I decide to be healthy. I ain't waiting on no doctor's report. I... I ain't waiting on some pill. I don't need a pill. I decide. I, who am I talking to right there? Say, I decide to have a great family. I ain't waiting on nobody. To, I ain't waiting on nothing. Say, I decide to be debt free. Say, I decide to be an amazing Christian. If you're in this building or you're online and you become a Christian for the first time, number one, number two, you need to recommit yourself to the Lord. Or number three, you're like, Father, I don't know where things stand, but I want to be sure wherever you're at, no guilt, no condemnation, no shame. You need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure. On three, do that hand with your emoji online or say it's me in the building. Just slip your hand up. No guilt, guys. No condemnation. Nobody's going to judge you. You're at Harvest. You're in the safest place you could be. You got what I'm saying? One, two, three. If that's you, hands up in this building. Online, do that hand with your emoji and say it's me. TikTok, do that hand with your emoji and say it's me. Everybody, real quick, because I'm out of time, say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and Savior. I've deliberated. Today is decision day. I decide and I decree and my faith is going to make it happen. I already know what to do. I've been taught. Today, I decide to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. 
If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, recommitted yourself to the Lord, or you're now sure, just take out your phone, scan that QR code, or text your decision to the number on the screen, 877-552-4746. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746, and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you, and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.